Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, it is Angie Austin and friends, Dr. Joe Arve and also Robbie Yopst, author and speaker. Hey. Dr. Joe is a speaker too, and doctor. You're doing all kinds of videos now, aren't you, to make people happy, video healthy? Author. A, video author. a video author, yeah. How do you come up with those ideas? I was wondering that because you every day you have a new one. To be honest, I just start talking. Really? And God just says, say this. Okay, I'll okay. sit and say this. Okay, say that. Okay, good. Now you're done. That's pretty good. Lots of time. Sometimes I have a thought. Sometimes yeah. I have a word. Yeah. Sometimes I just start talking and it just comes. Well, that's, you have such a passion for and health. And that's the but, Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 I think so. It just happens. So I'm like, oh, that's dumb. I said that yesterday. And he's like, yeah, say it again. I'm like, say okay. it again. Yeah, because yeah. somebody else might not have heard it. Yeah. All right, May 15th, Dr. Joe has a free dinner, uh, and we're going to talk about that. It's at Sinzetti's in North Glen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show and w- why you should go. He does these free dinners. Uh, they're a lot of fun. But he also talks uh, for a little while before we eat about health and longevity and having more energy. And it's fun. Cracks a few jokes. Let's do some good news, shall we? Shall we? Robbie used Let's. to be a teacher. Um, Dr. Joe's got four kids. How uh, oh, we've got? You've got one. Mm-hmm. Dave has two. I have three. Dr. Joe has four. So um, I just thought that one, two, three, four. I just thought I like that. That is so cool. Yeah, I should have been a teacher myself. Dude. Okay, um, (laughs) this is the weirdest tie-in ever. I did, I interviewed Diane Lane this week and also Jerry Springer. Diane Lane actually used scripture and she said to whom much is given, much is expected, which I thought was very interesting. And um, her new movie is Paris Can Wait. And uh, it's kind of cool. I've seen the previews. Yeah, like she's, uh, it's it's opening this week. And uh, it's kind of neat because she is uh, driving uh, through France and they're stopping all over the place like there's no agenda it's about being in the moment and like oh there's a large ball of twine let's stop you know how like your husband will never let you stop he's like no we've got a deadline I'm like no I want to see the world's largest ball of twine the kids all want to see it <laughs> no we got to get moving now can we get a slurpee no we're on a deadline so they stop everywhere in France that's like fun mm-hmm. and then Jerry Springer said to me because I said this weird show that you're that you've done now 27 years. He said it started off like Oprah, right? And then it started getting weirder, and they found out, well, we're gonna go for a different demographic. Why are we going for what Oprah is going for? And he said, Angie, here's the deal. Everybody thinks my show's so weird. He said, but I think we're all alike. We all wanna be loved. We all want you know, to, people to be kind to us. He said, some of us hit the genetic jackpot, and we were born into maybe better families when right. it comes to grammar, uh, wealth, um, educational background and he said you know some of the people that come on the show basically maybe didn't hit that jackpot maybe they're more blue collar e per se or whatever you want to say about the Jerry Springer people mm-hmm. like the guy that I remember I, I saw an episode where the guy liked to take baths in corn you know what I mean <laughs> so I thought well that's weird because that's not really my thing I'd never even think that's a lot of corn you know that's, that's like if you're going to open that many cans that's a lot. Uh, what, I, do you, you know, remember why? In no, the world I don't because I kept do that? I kept flipping because I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's really weird. So he actually said 
Angie, people are all alike. You know, we all want the same things, regardless of whether we're wealthy, we have good grammar, or we're on the Jerry Springer show, we still want to be loved. He said if you are like a Rhodes Scholar or a surgeon and you come home and your wife's been unfaithful to you, you react the same way my people on my show would react. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't have as many girlfriends or boyfriends as the people on the Jerry Springer show. I don't know. But it was just interesting to talk to him about – background and how we're all kind of the same Mm -hmm. Uh, but some of us hit that genetic lottery you know being brought up in a family where they they can afford college or whatever we all have the basic basic human needs so that reminded me of these indiana kids apparently it is a school where the kids are you know struggling more financially and the teacher thought that by starting this robotics team she was kind of afraid that maybe it wouldn't do well you know, that because the kids were, you know, they're struggling, some of these kids. They're at risk. And so she was pleasantly surprised at how well these kids did and where they ended up in the competition. Take a listen. When Pleasant Run Elementary in Indianapolis decided to launch a competitive robotics team last fall, okay. Coach Lisa Hopper said she had one goal and one goal only. Hold on. To avoid humiliation. Was that really your goal, not to embarrass yourself? That was my goal for that, that was first it. competition. I said, I hope we don't embarrass ourselves. And if that happens, I'll be happy coach. The school is in a high poverty neighborhood, so the kids don't have many resources. And her fourth grade team didn't know the first thing about robotics. Nevertheless, the Pleasant Run PantherBots began studying and then designing a robot that could complete the assigned task. In the beginning, there were a few successes and a lot of failures. Although the kids say the biggest disappointment had nothing to do with their robot. At one of their first matches, an adult in the crowd heckled a Hispanic teammate, told him to go back to Mexico. I don't know why they did that. That was actually kind of hurtful for them to say that. The incident was demoralizing, but far from debilitating. In fact, it only made the kids work harder and stay after school later. It's motivating. I was so mad because that happened, but I was actually kind of glad because we beat their butts. (laughs) That's a poetic way of saying they channeled that insult into a victory at the city tournament. They went on to win at state, too, and just last week competed in the world championships in Louisville, Kentucky. They didn't win at all, but they made it to the final round. Hardly the humiliation their coach had feared. They started with nothing and, you know, created something fantastic. The kids are all now talking about technical careers. Someday they may build incredible robots. But for now, their greatest contribution remains purely human. Come on, what do you guys think of that? (laughs) I love it. You know, I as a teacher, I used to um, try to avoid humiliation. I remember those moments. Really? But um, what surprises me is that I'm sure surely her opinion and attitude changed because most kids um, follow their leader because they do what's expected of them. And if the teacher doesn't expect a lot, then oh. they don't do a lot. But so this is extraordinary that they reach beyond her expectations. Interesting. Many times well, I highly th- doubt she let them know that she was afraid well, that know. they would fail. Exactly. But I hope her attitude changed and she expected greatness. Wow. Yeah. See, you know, there's just a superhero in each one of us, and especially in kids, because they haven't been told enough that they can't. Yeah. So notice it was an elementary school. Yeah, right. And so these kids haven't been um, de-educated yet or de-whatever, lost hope. So, and and I will tell you, that's what motivates me. You know, someone heckles me, I'm like, all right, I'll show you. 
And, you know, you can either, it's all about your response. You can respond and shut down, or you can respond and say, I will show you. I'll prove you wrong. And that's what that little and, guy did. Yeah. And that's just all they needed. You know, that's all, that's, that's all they needed. And they, they, they proved them wrong. Yeah. They beat like their, their butt. Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. I'll beat you at your own game. Way of exactly. They channel that insult into right. something positive. <laughs> exactly. I love it that they named their team the Panther Bots. I know. I read yeah. that um, too. What they did at, so at my cute. kids' school when they were naming teams, you know, sometimes the boys want to be like, you know, the, you know, army men and the girls want to be the, uh, like, unicorn fairies. And so they'll be like <laughs> the unicorn army men mm-hmm. or the, you know, they'll like combine right. it and then they come up with the most ridiculous names for the teams, you know? <laughs> The crazy purple warriors or whatever, you know, the pink fairy robots, you know, it's just hilarious how they were like, well, let's do a compromise. We'll take the boy's name and the girl's name. All right. uh, Another, um, this has to do with students. uh, And I love it. We were just talking in the break uh, earlier that uh, we are impressed by these teachers. I call them the Oprah Winfrey teachers, you know, the teachers that they would put on like the Oprah Winfrey show back in the day and be like, this is the most outstanding teacher. Well, my son has one of those teachers this year, Mr. O. And speaking of superheroes, Dr. Joe, um, they made a book for him on what all the kids thought of him. And my, um, my son made a superhero teacher with a cape that said Mr. O on it. Mm, yeah, and so I thought that was super cool that he saw him as a superhero of all teachers. Yes. And that, you know, he's viewed that way. He's like a rock star in the school, and he's constantly carrying a coffee cup, which I think he has to have constantly. <laughs> the coffee. I've never seen him without the coffee cup in his hand. He must have to be so caffeinated to teach these fifth graders, you know? Uh, so anyway, it's funny, too, because I've done a couple of field trips with him, and I went to the Capitol, and they um, got the uh, legislature to okay, this uh, Children's Health Day in Colorado, I thought was really cool. Uh, anyway, um, I saw him a little, a little bit, you know, lose his cool, not, you know, hardcore, but just like, you always wonder, like, wow, I can't believe these teachers, like the kids, it's like a bird pecking at you all day long. He did this, or he touched me, he said that, he took my spoon, he's ate my, you know, kick cereal, he did this. And it just would drive me nuts. Like, I get anxiety just going into some of these classrooms because it's constant. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, Riley said to me, it's kind of like you, Mom. It's when we just pick, 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 pick pick at you and then finally you snap Mr. O does that too mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just interesting to see finally him go I said be quiet you know mm-hmm. alright so this student uh, pardon me teacher the students uh, love him too like mm-hmm. Mr. O and so apparently um, he's colorblind and these glasses are expensive so they saved up for him and you'll hear at the end his emotion he tries not to mm-hmm. cry This is green. Yes. Yes. That's red. Yes. This afternoon, for the first time in his life, Matt Alzamora could distinguish between the colors of the rainbow, yellow and orange, green from blue. This Methacton High School history teacher has his students, including Andrew Bregman and Macy Chambers, to thank. Earlier in the year, he would talk about how he was colorblind, and he would say, like, tell us stories. He was talking about an experience he had with his daughter, where one day she was talking about how pretty the sunset was, and he said he just really wanted to be able to see a sunset. The students researched online and found a company that manufactures special eyeglasses for colorblind people. Students started donating what they could. People brought in 20s, 10s, 5s, so was, a lot of people helped pitched in more than the, was necessary. Where is Mr. Alsamora? Where is he? They raised $528, enough for the eyeglasses, and today on Teacher Appreciation Week, the students surprised Mr. Alzamora with his pair during a staff meeting. Yeah, they work. <laughs> it's vivid, it's different. And I can see, like, like the balloons, I 
thought there was only a couple colors, and like now you can see the difference. <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed for him, and that the students would do this for him. I think he's most excited about when fall comes around because of all the different colors of the leaves. The timing of this is perfect. Mr. Alzamora is taking his students on a trip to France this coming summer. And so I'll be able to see the Louvre in color. For, it would be neat to see the Mona Lisa in color, to see all the different pieces of art in color. It's a great community to be in Lower Province and Worcester. The kids are amazing. It's a credit to the community that they would do something for, for me. You can tell you're starting to cry. Yeah, that's that's that. wonderful. I love that story. I should just invest in Kleenex for this show. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. A good thing Beatrice isn't here. She always says, you white girls always cry uh, every minute. Yeah. yeah. I She's cried a couple times, though, too. I know she has. I can't imagine not seeing color. Well, not to be able to see a sunset. Mm -hmm. You know? Because I think when we get to heaven, there's going to be colors that we've never seen. I just saw this um, video of heaven the other day, and it was a little, you know those little really? cars they you have? have somebody who yeah. video? Yeah, it was on Facebook. Yeah, it said this is what <laughs> driving heaven. through heaven will look like. Mm. And it's one of those little plastic, the red and yellow plastic cars, you know, little kids get. And there's like 20 puppies, and they keep jumping up to kiss the kid driving his car. <laughs> and it said this is what it'll look like driving through heaven. I thought, wow, but it will. Puppies jumping up to lick you like I every, love every two or three feet. Oh, what a, what a good sight. <laughs> All right, so Robbie, I want to ask you real quickly, because we didn't have time yesterday to talk about this um you and your husband left your like guaranteed paychecks your paying careers to help um other uh, to start a ministry to help couples uh stay together in their marriage and one of the first things you ask them to do is to take divorce off the table for one year they have to commit to that before they work with you mm -hmm. and john gave up his paying job you already quit as a teacher and then john gave up his um, computer job right and then you had no guaranteed income and you started this ministry because you had separated you're 20 years into your marriage now correct and you'd separated at year 13 was it um seven seven okay and so um you got to back together and raised your son together and have a great marriage now and you knew it was possible so I want to know how did that how is that gone because I haven't seen you in a few months and you know get John giving up his job a lot of your friends said that they actually told him Dr. Joe at like dinner where they said you're you're nuts what are you doing that for you quitting your job are you crazy mm -hmm. right right and um and uh, God knew differently we just did what God told us to do and uh, he is always faithful and he's been very faithful. We've not gone without anything. Um, and it's the, the moments in our office are the best. Mm -hmm. When you have a man and a wife who are just not seeing eye to eye and, they're, and they've thought of divorce. And um, there's a verse, St. Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by name will pray and humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their marriage. No, it says land. I will heal their land. But we really take a lot of stock in that verse because when we see couples humble themselves, mm -hmm. everything's different. Help. Yeah, and, it, and we can't do that. Only God can reach into them yeah. and convict them. And, and when they humble themselves, then they start looking at themselves, not just the other person. Yeah. And great things happen. So you're happy? I am I am tickled. Yeah, I'm healing tickled. marriages is a being involved with that is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a privilege. It is a and privilege. It's cool to see with my guests on the show um, 
you know, people's passions and how over the last, you know, uh, six years I've been doing the show, people you know, pursuing things. And Dr. Joe and I have been working together for several years, and he also has a passion, and his is for health, longevity, energy, et cetera. And my weight has stayed down pretty well. I mean, I've never been able to, like, stay at the weight where I am right now, and it's been a while that I've been at this weight-ish. You know, I probably fluctuate at five pounds or something. I don't weigh that much. I don't know. I packed the scale when we got ready to, um, you know, move. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know where the scale is, which is unusual for me not to have a scale out because that was such a priority for me. I probably weighed every – have you weighed every week of your life? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm a scale person. No. No? Okay. Well, I've I've weighed every week of my life. Probably because of denial, though. Okay. Lot, All right. But, yeah. But, no. I because it would bug me. Well, I've I've definitely made it like a priority. And I'm not saying that it's, it, you shouldn't, but the number's been too important to me. But anyway, so Dr. Joe and I've worked together for several years now, and uh, there's an event coming up that I've attended that I think is a really neat event to get introduced to what Dr. Joe does. We're going to talk about it more at the end of the show. But Dr. Joe, just give us the lowdown. It's May 15th. It's a free dinner, no strings attached. You go to Sinzetti's. We hear your passion for health and longevity. Crack a few jokes, and sometimes you have a couple of people give testimonies. Yeah, you know, people are looking for health, and unfortunately, lots of times it's in all the wrong places. And so uh, if you're hurting, if you're suffering, if you're just frustrated with your health, with the way it's going, and you're not finding any hope, then we want to give you that hope back. And the, the message is so important, and we've been doing this for 26 years now, and we see, get to see miracles literally every day in the healing process. Um, it's I buy dinner for my community to come in and learn because it's that important. So this is our way of giving back to the community so they can learn and see here's where health comes from, here's how to find it, and here's how to keep it so that you, your family, your children can be strong, can be healthy, and be everything that God created you to be. And so it's fun. And so Sinzetti's, how do they find out more info? They can message me on my Spine Geek Facebook page, or they can call me or text me at 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011 or Spine Geek on Facebook. And that's easy enough. And also on uh, Dr. Joe's Facebook page, he does videos every day, too, that are pretty inspirational in terms of kind of getting you up and going for the day and giving you a a positive word to start the day. And he's a Christian. Um, He doesn't hide that. And he prays with us, you know, when we go into the office, if we'd like to do that. So, Robbie, you've been gone from the show for a couple of months because you've been working on your ministry and your new book. Um, What do you like about doing the good news? Because you've both come here for years. Um, You? Oh, thank you. You, I love you. Oh, I well, wow, Angie, glad I had I, you back. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to, you know, I, I'm not flattering at all. When I walk in here, I know that it will be positive and encouraging, and you will be um, friendly and loving and very funny. So I just like being around you. Mm. The stories and the radio, it's really, it's cool to help you do what you do so well. But the the biggest thing that I miss when I walk when I leave for a few days or weeks, oh. is you. Well, you know, and Dave. And a positive, Dave. encouraging, it sounds like K-Love. Mm-hmm. I know, I, yeah. I, I was yeah. about to say and We that. don't make as much money as they do <laughs> over there. <laughs> Dr. Joe, you've been coming for years. You've supported what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how come you do that? I don't know. Yeah. Just because <laughs> I have nothing else to do. Honest. No. No, <laughs> again. Nothing else to do. Yeah, no, right. You have to line yourself up with people that believe in you and that have the good news, and we feel that this message of health and healing starts, you know, how can we get it out to people so they know there's a place to go? And so by having it on the good news, it's good news. Yeah, and so definitely. It's 
Yeah. It's fun. Uh, my son, uh, too, uh, has been positively influenced by Dr. Joe. You know, he's an athlete, and he does really well, you know, for his age. And Dr. Joe has talked to him about, you know, health, and he went to work out at Dr. Joe's once because he has free workouts at his uh, office on Saturdays. And by the way, all ages and sizes. I mean, we are working out in there with people who are twice, three times. 87 yeah. years old. Yeah, oldest, in the yeah. 80, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Wonderful. Free workouts on Saturdays. All right, again, Dr. Joe, how do they find you? Uh, Spine Geek, Facebook, or 303-349-6011. Robbie? Caughtinhisarms.com. And that is a ministry if you want to get your marriage back on track. And you can find a podcast of a show, AngieAustinRadio.com. You can write to me there as well. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. I want to tell you about Caitlin. She's seven and she lost her mom to cancer. And we have Adam Katz on the line. And Adam has an idea of how we could help her. For $65, we can sponsor Caitlin for a session of equine therapy. And now Caitlin lost her mom, Adam. And with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation, you help kids like Caitlin. Tell us how it's helping her. She loves the equine therapy. She always comes into the ranch very quiet. But as soon as she sees her horse, she just lights up. And for that hour, she has no cares in the world. Such I love a it. Beautiful thing to see. So for just $65, uh, we can sponsor Caitlin for one of these sessions where she gets to ride a horse and uh, work through her loss. Again, at just seven years old, she lost her mom to uh, breast cancer. The Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation helps these kids be kids. Adam Katz is my friend. I highly recommend this charity. And if you'd like to sponsor Caitlin, give Adam a call. 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. And that is DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Thank you. Adam. Thank you, Angie. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA the Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you. We're back with Angie Austin and News. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. I'm here with my good friend, sister, author, speaker, doggy mom, wife, Donna Smith-Hetzler. And she laughs when I call her all those names. She said, that's a whole bunch of titles. Yeah, It's all good. It's all good. But we're just having a good time here today. We're sitting in for Angie, our, our um, beloved friend and sister. And she's just such an awesome person. She's just, she's a giver. If you've never met Angie Austin, 
um, when you meet her, you will notice first off that she is a giver. She is a love. Uh, she loves people. She's a supporter and encourager. All she those is. good things wrapped into one. And, and she's just awesome. And I, I mean, she does that with raising three kids and, and her husband she does and it her all. mom. And, and <laughs> yeah. they don't have a dog or a, a dog. cat. <laughs> okay, she she won't do that. But I tell you what, she just loves people and she's just an awesome person. And we're here to um in this segment with uh, a new friend, Dr. Stephen Z. Pantelet. Um he is the author of Life After the After the Diagnosis, Expert Advice on Living Well with Serious Illness for Patients and Caregivers. And welcome, Dr. Pantelet. Thanks. It's my pleasure to be here. Amen. And we, we're so glad to have you. Dr. Pantelet is a physician and distinguished professor of medicine in the Department of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. And mm-hmm. I'm excited about this book. I, I looked at it briefly um, when we came in today and, and I've had some um, folks in my life that um, after the diagnosis was given, it was like life just stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I know it didn't have to. Right. Because there was still living to be done. That's right. But once that diagnosis is given, once the uh, my, my stepmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's mm. and um, it was as though my dad, he was like, no, 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 I don't want that. And, and I said, well, dad, I think it's <laughs> I don't think you have no any control over <laughs> that, That's right. you know, but That's right. we still had to live. That's with right. Her. And so tell us a, a bit about your book and what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, what you said is exactly right. A a serious illness diagnosis is a shock. You know, it's like you're flying on a plane at 36,000 feet and all of a sudden the plane drops 10,000 feet and there's an engine on fire and you think you're going to crash and to the ground and die. Uh, But the message is that actually there's a lot of life to be had. And, And while it's shocking and frightening to get a serious illness diagnosis, there's a lot that we can do to really take control Mm -hmm. and to get that plane flying straight again, to get your life back on track and to really live a life that's full Mm -hmm. and to to live well and to live long, even in the face of serious illness. Uh, The challenge, of course, is you can't just sit back and be the passenger anymore. Mm -hmm. Now you have to get in there and be the Mm co-pilot and you have to take an active part in your healthcare and really think carefully about what's important to you to make sure that you get the care that you want and the care that you need. Mm. I like that analogy because my sister was diagnosed in her early 20s with schizophrenia and extreme anxiety. And it was exactly as you say, it was like the plane dropped 10,000 feet and we were all like, what do we do while we watch her suffer with this illness? But I like that analogy of slipping into the co-pilot seat. Um, Obviously, God's going to be flying our plane for us. But my sister has lived in this spot where she still feels like she's the passenger and at any time that plane can drop. And so for people who are still living in that spot, doctor, what advice can you give them or how do we get to that point where we've got enough courage to say, I'm going to sit in the co-pilot seat. Yeah. So a couple of important things. Uh, One is to make sure that you have a a team around you to really Mm. support you. And that team is both your loved ones, your family, Mm -hmm. your friends who can really help you and be there with you, go with you to medical appointments to help keep track of what the doctor says, because it's so hard to remember. Yeah. Um, Folks who can be there with you, uh, 
to help you through your treatments, you mm -hmm. know, through your cancer chemotherapy treatments, or if you need an operation, or if you're having uh, your heart failure, end up in the hospital. So people who can be there with you and have a good medical team, doctors that you trust and nurses that you trust, who can really be there with you and walk with you through this journey of illness. So that's the first thing I say is, you know, get a good team together. Mm. Um, if you need help, get help and don't be afraid to ask for help right. and get good help. You know, one of my dear friends, uh, Laura, uh, when her friend was going through chemotherapy for breast cancer, she lost all her hair and she didn't want to leave the house because she was so self-conscious. Right. And one day Laura just said, I'm picking you up and we're going wig shopping. And she did all the research mm -hmm. and she took nice. her to a wonderful place, got her a great wig. Uh, and they went out to lunch. It was the first time she'd been out in weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the kind of help that people need where you come in and you really just help somebody not just saying hey if you need something let me know right but really providing that help and recognizing that serious illness can be years it can be decades yes and the help may have to last a long time and so you need that team around you and from the caregivers point of view too I've found that um, asking you know what do you need a lot of the times people don't know what they need so it really takes like you say a team or somebody to step up and say let me help you with this let me help you go get wigs or let me help you you know do x and that's super important because i've found myself too um, in times where my friends have needed something i'm like what can i do what do, what do you need but they don't know what they need at that time so you just have to step up and lead and help that person that's exactly right and you know bring food Mm -hmm. Take the kids for the day, you know, mm -hmm. take the dog for a walk. I mean, yes. there's so many ways you can be practically helpful. Do you need a ride? Let me let me drive you to the doctor's office and, and bring you back home. Mm -hmm. And and let me help you get connected to palliative care, which is really the, I think, the one message I would have to people with serious illness, like cancer, like heart failure, mm -hmm. someone's had a stroke, dementia, mm -hmm. is to make sure you get palliative care, which is something people don't know about. But palliative care is medical care focused on improving quality of life for people with serious illness. And it really looks at the whole person and it focuses on the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the psychological, mm. to really see about how people can feel healed and feel cared for and live well in the face of serious illness. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, it's not the years in your life, but the life in your years mm -hmm, that matters. Mm -hmm, right. And it really focuses on how can you have as much life as possible in the years that you have left with your serious illness. And fortunately, there's palliative care that's available in pretty much every community. In the I was going to ask States. you how we find that, because mm -hmm. that sounds like it encompasses so much. So does. where does somebody start to find that type of care? Yeah, I, I always say, you know, I wrote this book because you can't Google your way through <laughs> serious Everything. illness. There's just too much to Google what you're supposed to do. Yes. But this is one place where uh, a, a quick search on the Internet can help you a lot. I, what I tell people is put in the name of the town where you live okay. and put in palliative care. Hmm. Okay. And if you do those two things, you should be get directed to the right place. And there's also a website called uh, getpalliativecare.org. And if you go to the getpalliativecare.org, there's a listing of palliative care programs across the United States. Oh, and it great. has great information about palliative care, but it also has a listing where you can get referred to a program in your, in your area. That's awesome. I, I'm looking at your book right now. And, mm -hmm. and folks, the, again, the title of the book is Life After the Diagnosis, Expert Advice on Living Well with Serious Illness for Patients and Caregivers. And our guest is 
Dr. Stephen Z. Pantelet. And I'm looking at the table of contents. Part one, he's broken it down into three parts. Part one is first steps after the diagnosis. Chapter one is bad news. Now what? Two, moving forward. Three, making decisions. Now, I know some of you out there that's listening today, you've got relatives that uh, have serious illness in them right now. They, they've been diagnosed with something and you have no idea what to do, where to go, what to tell them, or who to even talk to at this point. And I tell you, our guest today is helping us. I had never even known what palliative care is. And now that I've, I'm getting some education on that from our guest, Dr. Pantelet, you know, now I can deal better with my sister-in-law who lives with us. She has early onset dementia. Yeah. And it's, these are things that we don't know, we don't know how to deal with it. Um, part two, moving on and getting through. Part three, looking ahead. And go out and get the book. Um, sir, where is the book available? How can they get your book? It's available everywhere you get your book. So okay. online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie Books, uh, awesome. kind of wherever you get your, wherever people get books, it's available. Awesome. Right. And, and get the book because you need to help your family members to make it through this thing. It's, it's not over. The, the diagnosis has right. been given, but life is not over. Life is, is, is just a new season mm -hmm. for That's that right. particular life, but it's not over. And, and tell us more about that. Tell us what, what happens when a person goes to um, the doctor and gets diagnosed with um, degenerative heart failure or something like that. Yeah. So, again, it's very shocking when that yes. happens, right? So now you have heart failure. What does that mean for me? What does it mean for my life? How is my life going to change? And really, and, and it's important to really understand uh, what it means for you and really getting all the information. And so often we're worried about asking because we don't want that bad news, and yet we, we know it's there. But what I say is if you have the information, you can make good decisions mm -hmm. about what's important to you. And so I always ask my patients, you know, when you look to the future, what do you hope for? Because mm -hmm. people have a lot of hope. Sure, they hope for cure, but they hope for a lot of other things right. as well. Um, they can be, they can feel healed even if they're not cured. They can feel comfort in the face of suffering and they can hope for things that can still be despite things that can't. So for example, we had a woman in the hospital, she was in her 70s and she had very bad uh, lung disease, scarring of the lungs, was on a lot of oxygen, couldn't leave our ICU. And I asked her the question, I said, you know what, when you look to the future, what do you hope for? And people said, well, how can you ask her that question? Mm -hmm. I said, you know, everyone has hope. So I asked her and she said, well, I hope to see my daughter get married. Mm -hmm. But this was gonna be in 10 months in the Napa Valley. And I didn't think one, that she would live that long. Mm -hmm. And I was worried she'd never leave our ICU. But we talked about it because that was her hope. Her daughter decided to get married right there in our ICU. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so one morning she came in this beautiful white wedding gown, and her fiancé had a tuxedo on, and they put a corsage on the patient's hospital gown, and oh. all the family was there, all the doctors and nurses, not a dry eye in the whole ICU. Amen. And because we asked about it, we were able to help her achieve the thing that she really hoped for. Right. And it would have been so easy to, one, not ask the question at mm -hmm. all, or two, ask it, and when she says, that's my hope, to say, yeah, me too, mm -hmm. I hope that too, in which case she'd assume, well, if the doctor said that, he thinks I'm going to make it. 
That's right. Even though I think she's not. Yes. And in a business where you have to deliver so much bad news and, you know, so many doctors have become numb to their diagnosis. Well, you've got this. Here's the treatment. You know, come see me in two weeks. And here you're instilling this hope into people and saying, what is your hope? What is your dream? How can I help you see that? And I think that's part of our challenge in healing, too, is just visualizing what that looks like and, and seeing and looking ahead, like you say in your book. That's right. I think it's and, important, and I would too, to note that uh, people, just because you've been diagnosed with a terrible disease or have something like that, doesn't mean you're a, not a person anymore and you don't right. like that's to get right. messed with or joked with or talk about the future or talk about your dreams or anything like that. That's and right. I think that's a really important thing. <laughs> hmm. yeah. I used to volunteer with kids on the weekends for our kids that were had cancer and stuff uh -huh. and I'd mess with them too I'd say are you sure you're really dying and this is my weekend you know <laughs> and they'd all oh, you know and it's funny because they would kind of treat me different more like I'm a person you know like yes, we can exactly. just kind of talk to each other rather than I'm this sick little person you know and it kind of helped them that's act good. a little bit different so yes. I think that's a good important point, point I, I think that's really important to recognize it's not all sadness and it's right. not all down mm -hmm. all the time you know and that's why talking about hope can be so important and I tell patients you know, tell your doctor what you hope for. Tell your family members what you hope for because they can help encourage that. Mm -hmm. I had a patient who said, you know, after he got a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, that was really serious. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you hope for? He says, you know, I really want to go visit my hometown. I haven't been there in a long time. And we talked about how important that was to him. And he decided to delay his chemotherapy for a few weeks so he could go visit the hometown first because and, and the oncologist said, yeah, not a problem to wait a few weeks. But that way he knew that he'd be able to do something really important mm -hmm. before engaging in the chemotherapy that might make him really sick. Mm -hmm. And so there are ways that once you understand what's important and what you hope for, that you can really use that information to make decisions about what treatments will help you achieve those hopes and goals and, and preferences. Amen. We've got about four minutes left in the, the segment. Um, my question to you um, is... Palliative care. Yeah. Can you explain just a little bit more? Because when you're talking about this all-encompassing visit to a doctor, that's just, it, it blows mm -hmm. my mind because this is new. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it, it so palliative care, as I said, is medical care focused on quality of life and all the dimensions of quality of life. So who are you as a person, right? Your physical, so pain and shortness of breath, and we ask about that. Uh, hmm. Spiritual care knowing how important that is to people when they're sick and really thinking about spiritual care, thinking about meaning and legacy and relationship, uh, psychological and emotional uh, support. So palliative care is provided by a team. Okay. It's doctors and nurses and social workers and chaplains and pharmacists all working together to be able to help patients and families with all those kinds of help that they need. Who's going to help care for me? Where will I be cared for? Uh, experts in pain management and helping you with shortness of breath and fatigue and helping you make decisions about what kind of care is the right care for you to make sure that you get care that's really going to help you achieve your goals. And it's this team that's an extra layer of support. So it's not instead of the other doctors mm -hmm, you have. Mm -hmm. It's not instead of your primary care doctor mm -hmm. or your nurse practitioner or your cardiologist, or your oncologist. It's on top. It's an extra layer of support. Mm -hmm. And it, help it you. sounds like I'm taking back control yes. of the diagnosis, which is good for a control freak like me. It's like, <laughs> oh, good. I'm in control of what I can be in control of. And that is getting the right mindset, setting your hopes and goals, and then getting this proper care, as you say, doctor. That's Amen. right. I, you know, what I tell people is, you know, we, 
this is the hand we're dealt. You mm -hmm. know, we could wish we had a better hand, but this is the one we've got. How do we make the most of this situation? And if we really address it and take it head on and understand what we're dealing with, then we can really live our lives as well as possible going forward. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all, we've been with Dr. Stephen Z. Pantelet today, and he is the author of Life After the Diagnosis, Ex Expert Advice on Living Well with Serious Illness for Patients and Caregivers. You can find his book in all the bookstores, okay, um, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Indie Publishers, all those different places. Get the book because somebody in your family okay has been diagnosed with and you just thinking there are dire consequences now but the diagnosis is not the end you still have life to live and that's what mm -hmm. we want you to know today if you don't know anything else and and he's talking about palliative and yes i'm going to pronounce it correctly <laughs> this you. time you got it. palliative you got it right. <laughs> uh, palliative care and I, I love that because now you're able to go into a an organization and you have all these different people that will care for your needs so that you can live the rest of your life however long that may be but not just the diagnosis you can live after that so that that you can still have a fulfilling life. Doctor, how do we get in touch with you? How do we, you know, anything? Yeah, so you can reach me through my website, which is www.stevepantelat.com. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. I'm yes. going to read this book me because too. we need it. God bless you, sir. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. How would you like to help people of the differently abled community just by donating the things in your house? Yes, I'm talking about ARC. And guess what? You don't even have to take them to ARC. I go there and I shop with a purpose all the time and I buy all kinds of great stuff and it helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities within our own community. But guess what? They'll come right to your door and pick up your stuff. I have them come about every month or two and I just put everything out of my driveway, put a little note that says ARC on it and they come right to my house and pick it up. And believe me, it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping some of my friends out in the community. So let's tell you how to do this, okay? Call 303-238-JANE. That's 303-238-5263. And they'll come right to your house and they'll pick up all your donations. And don't forget to shop at ARC. It's shopping with a purpose. I get all kinds of stuff for my kids there. Clothes, sporting equipment, boots, gloves, baseballs, bats, basketballs, you name it. Check out arc again shopping with a purpose and they'll come pick up your items 303-238-JANE Dr. Joe Arve joining us here, Angie Austin and Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe has been very helpful to my family in terms of health and longevity, and he has a really neat event coming up on May 15th in North Glen at Sinzetti's. It's free. It's a free dinner, and uh, they have a lot of choices, by the way. That was a really good dinner. But also, you talked to us a little bit before dinner about what your passion for what? Yeah, for, for people just being healthy that it's an injustice that as we have more hospitals, more gyms, more health food stores, more vitamin stores, more Walgreens, that the health of America continues to go down. The, the divorce rate, people, the, the average American, if you take about all the prescriptions, the, the, there's they're basically 12 prescriptions per person written in America every day. Test scores are going down. Children are not um, being healthy. They're not, they're not being like they should. Their test scores are going down, and so and basically, when you wrap it all together, you look at the health of our community, and it's going the wrong direction. 
And yet, in our office for the last 26 years, you know, I've been to two different Olympics, helping athletes win gold medals. I've been to Africa twice. I was the chiropractor for the Rapids back in 2010. Just went to the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro yeah. last year. You know, it's like it's a different world in our office. And so the way I give back to my community is letting people know that that there's hope, that they're still they still can be a superhero, they still can heal, they still can turn their life around. The game's not over yet. And I believe in this message so much and then how to apply that message to your life so you can get healthy, look younger, feel stronger, get off medications, lose weight, really get your life back where you want it to be, that I'm willing to buy you dinner for you and your family to come and let me explain to you how this works and how God made your body be healthy. God didn't make junk. But how does that work? You have to know how to apply that wisdom to your everyday life. And so we have a dinner at Sanzetti's. starts at 6.30. Um, I'm done usually within an hour. Uh, we have a good time. It, there's no strings attached. It's my way of giving back to the community. But yet people are looking for help. They're praying for answers, and they can't find it. Well, this is my way of helping them find the truth, to find a way to get healthy again so they can get their life back on track. I didn't tell you my little success story. So uh, how many years now we've worked together? Around three, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, medication, you say, you know, get your, get your grass green. You don't spray paint your grass green. You actually get healthy, right? right. And so you always say if you kink the hose and your grass isn't getting water, it's going to be unhealthy. And we kink the hose by eating a lot of chemicals and bad food and not taking care of ourselves. Okay. So getting off the, um, uh, I, I, t- I stopped taking my thyroid medication and it runs in my family thyroid problems. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my cousins are like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. Like your thyroid never comes back. Like you can't do that. So anyway, my doctor uh, just did the test and my thyroid's fine. Yeah. And I've been on it for 11 years. So you got off of it I got because off of it. you don't need it anymore. Not because you decided to stop taking it. That's the whole thing. All right. If they want to come to Sensetti's for the free dinner, how do they reach you? They can uh, go to my Facebook page and message me. And it's at Spine Geek uh, Facebook page. Or they can call me and text me on my cell phone, 303 303- Three four nine sixty eleven again. Three zero three three four nine six zero one one. Perfect. All right. So yeah, some of my cousins were just yeah. freaked out, lecturing me. You can't get off that. Your thyroid doesn't come back. And my doctor said it was fine. So I just thought, you know yes. what? You're not saying get on your program or start, you know, following some of your, uh, you know, basic principles of what you, uh, you know, teach us. You're saying gradually get healthier and gradually you can get off these medications. You're not saying dump them tomorrow. As you get but, healthy, your yeah. doctor's going to say, you're fine. You don't need yeah. it anymore. Like I had, yeah. a, I had a little boy whose uh, oxygen intake went from 67% to 113%. Whoa. His doctor said, uh, you're no longer an asthmatic, so give me back your inhalers. You don't need them anymore. Oh, by the way, that mine was 119%. They went, oh, that's really good. There you go. I did, and also um, the high blood pressure medication, they said I could come off that too. Exactly, because yeah. you're getting healthier. Right. You don't need, sick people don't need that, and but they don't know how to get healthy. it's so good to get off those medications. Yeah. Especially with the healthcare situation, Dr. Joe, you just never know how things are going to change. And like then if they find out you have high blood pressure, is it more difficult for you to get insurance? Do you pay more? Pre-existing condition? Like why have all that stuff? Why have all those problems? Yes, a pill might help you, but it would be much better if you could get rid of the pill and truly be healthy, not just cover it up with a pill. Change your health, change your life, and have less need for medication, such and surgery. All right, so Sinzetti's free dinner, May 15th. I've gone. It's super fun. Dr. Joe talks for a bit. We have a few laughs. Then he leaves. We eat dinner. It's fun. And they reach you. 303-349-6011 or on Facebook at the Spine Geek page. Excellent. And thank you, Dr. Joe. Thanks for helping me with my health and my family as well. Blessings. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 